If you're tired of these promos, supporters get the podcast early and ad-free. Just go to donate.bogosity.tv for the links to sign up. Welcome to the Bogosity Podcast for the week of July 23, 2023. The podcast that rushes to take its time. This is your host, Shane Killian. Let's photo-oxidize the news of the bogus. It was amazing to watch the censorship hearing at the House Weaponization Subcommittee where, right off the bat, the Democrats tried to take it to executive session, meaning the whole thing would have been secret and we wouldn't have been allowed to hear what was going on. Yes, they tried to censor the censorship hearing. It started with a letter from 102 Democrats full of quote minds trying to prove that Robert F. Kennedy Jr., who was one of the witnesses, was an anti-Semite. Earlier in the month, he had responded on Twitter saying, quote, I have never, ever suggested that the COVID-19 virus was targeted to spare Jews. I accurately pointed out that the U.S. and other governments are developing ethnically targeted bioweapons and that a 2021 study of the COVID-19 virus shows that COVID-19 appears to disproportionately affect certain races. I do not believe, and never implied, that the ethnic effect was deliberately engineered. He cited the study. At the hearing, he responded, I know many of the people who wrote this letter. I don't believe there's a single person who signed this letter who believes I'm anti-Semitic. I do not believe that. There's no evidence of that. So after that, Debbie Wasserman Schultz, remember her, moved for the hearing to go into executive session, hidden from the public. Just listen. Mr. Chairman, I'd like to raise, I'd like to raise a point of order. Gentlelady, you state a point of order. Point of order, pursuant to House Rule 11, Clause 2, which Mr. Kennedy is violative of, I move that we move into executive session because Mr. Kennedy has repeatedly made despicable anti-Semitic and anti-Asian comments as recently as last week. Rule 11, Clause 2 says... Whenever it is asserted by a member of the committee that the evidence or testimony at a hearing may tend to defame, degrade, or incriminate any person, or it is asserted by a witness that the evidence or testimony that the witness would give at a hearing may tend to defame, degrade, or incriminate the witness, and it goes on. Mr. Kennedy, uh, among many other things, has said, I know a lot now about bioweapons. We put out hundreds of millions of dollars in, into ethnically targeted microbes. The Chinese have done the same thing. In fact, COVID-19, there is an argument that it is ethnically targeted COVID-19 attacks certain races disproportionately. The races that are most immune to COVID-19 are... Is a lady making a motion or a speech? I, and I've made a motion to move into executive session because Mr. Mr. Kennedy's testimony... Mr. Chairman, I move to table the motion. Ms. Hageman? Yes. Ms. Hageman votes yes. Ms. Pascott? No, I want to follow the rules that the Republicans made at the beginning of this uh, conference with these House rules, so no. Ms. Pascott votes no. Mr. Lynch? No. Mr. Lynch votes no. Ms. Sanchez? No, because it's violative of the rules. Ms. Sanchez votes no. Ms. Wasserman Schultz? No to allowing a witness to degrade and not others time. and violate the rules and not have his testimony in degradation and amplified rather than given an executive session. Ms. Wasserman Schultz votes no. So anyway, the motion failed and we got to see the full hearing where they covered the censorship of everything from COVID to the Hunter Biden laptop and his father's ties to his foreign dealings. We also got to see the behavior of people like Stacey Plaskett. I know you remember her. I'd like to introduce into the record 
a letter from Louis Silkin, a law firm representing Mr. Kennedy, which states, as he has stated repeatedly, he vaccinated all his children, and I'd like that to be introduced into the record, um, but tells the black community and myself, a mother of five black children, that I should really be careful and not necessarily have the same safeguards to protect my family, my children, from a virus that has killed millions of people because I'm black. When RFK Jr. tried responding to a lot of these, they'd interrupt him. Yes, including the old reclaiming my time, Hal. They even interrupted him when it wasn't their time. To say that, that I, I wrote a, I created a film that encourages blacks not to get adequate medical care is just completely abhorrent. If the, Don't if the, use my it's words, the witness's sir. time. Do not the, censor the witness. I'm not the, censoring the, the witness. Yeah. I'm not the, censoring the witness. He's still talking. It is the, it's, it's my time and I've given to it to the witness. Do not censor him. I'm if not the, censoring him. Even as the Democrats whine that they were not allowed to speak beyond their allotted time. The policies on the books of social I'm, media platforms the, were violated. And the they Excuse said me, those Mr. Chairman, but the last questioner got an additional extra minute. I'm at 35 seconds over. Yeah. I would Point just of order, Mr. Chairman. The Democrat beforehand got an extra minute. Her sentence. Trying to be generous. Finish her sentence. generous, even when the response is that the government determines the truth. I would like for her to be able to finish her sentence, Mr. Chairman, then I will yield back. Okay, Ms. Wiley, you can finish your sentence. Thank you. I'm not sure I remember the sentence, but thank you. And they did that with other witnesses too, even to this day trying to dispute the authenticity of the laptop, which even the New York Times and the Washington Post have admitted is genuine. You were saying There's the government record. should be the arbiter of what's true. Can you please truth? not put That's words actually, into the mouth of the witness yeah. and let her respond? The chair it's now recognizes answer. the gentlelady from New York, the gentlelady from California. I love time how you follow the rules, the Mr. Is, Chairman. It's is, really indicative of what is, a kangaroo uh, court this is and what a circus it is. by the chair. It's censorship by the chair. Oh, Lord. I would say that the Democrats acted like children, but my children never acted that badly. Former Congressman Jason Chaffetz said, quote, I never thought the Democrats would go after a Kennedy. I never thought I'd see that day. But unbelievable that in literally a hearing about censorship, they would try to censor this witness. That is unbelievable to me. They interrupted him. They wouldn't let him speak. They wanted to move to executive session. They did everything they could to censor a guy who was there to testify about censorship. Unbelievable. Plaskett literally is trying to suppress him before he even speaks. And that's what the administration was doing to people like Kennedy, who had 900,000 people on Instagram, and they tried to take down his account. They wouldn't allow him to do this. The core coordination between the administration and these social media companies, that needs to be exposed in its fullest, because they were using the weight of the Department of Justice to lean on these social media companies to encourage them to take down not something that was against the law, but because they didn't like the political ramifications of what people like Kennedy and others were trying to say. I'm going to close off this segment with the very end of the hearing, after the Democrats tried playing the Kevin Bacon game between Kennedy and a super PAC they didn't like. I'll just say that, once again, Stacey Plaskett shows herself to be a complete embarrassment, and the people of the Virgin Islands should really reconsider if this is the person they want representing them. I mean, if we don't have a First Amendment, it's just, I'm, I'm frightened by where we go. 
May, may I, Mr. Well, Chairman? You may not. You may not. I Mr. just want Chair, to respond. Mr. Think, Chair, I don't your time think, is out. We're done. I don't. I haven't adjourned the hearing, and I don't think you're the chair. Mr. Chair, Chair, Mr. Chair, I this. Chairman's discretion. I know it's your Kennedy, discretion. We're going to let Mr. Kennedy. He Mr. has had so much additional time. Well, I think everyone's had why? additional time. And why? Get, why are you doing that specifically because, for him? Because we don't want to explain. To other I'm sure the, the super pack. I'm sure the Democrat witness places. will be as short as he possibly can. No, no. no. Are you going to allow our witness to just give another piece? No, of let him address the defamatory comment that was made about him. That's untrue. There, I to, that was not defamatory. That is a legal definition that was not met. I want to acknowledge information about the super PAC that you mentioned. Go ahead. I've just been told that that super PAC is connected to somebody that we have a connection to. It's not a super PAC that I've endorsed, and it's not one, as I said, that I've ever heard of. Thank the gentleman uh, for uh, that statement, and I thank you for your testimony. The committee is now adjourned. If you're looking for a way to support this channel, but you don't have any spare cash and you can't stand ads, you can do so by generating your own cryptocurrency. Use the links at the bottom of the description to follow the link to odyssey.com to listen to the podcast and see all of my YouTube videos as well. Just watching videos will produce cryptocurrency for the creator and yourself. And since Odyssey is always monetized and never censored, you'll have no problem seeing all the videos from your favorite creators. You can also use the library credits you created Odyssey to tip creators and even purchase paid content. Earn library credits through various rewards, including daily view rewards and the number of shares and invites. And you can interact with creators in all sorts of ways, including like and dislike, comment, boost a post by supporting it, repost it, and share to other sites, all while earning crypto for the creator. Easily monetize yourself and your favorite creators using cryptocurrency without advertising. Use the link below to visit this channel on odyssey.com and see many of your other favorites there as well. Well, it's about time we add some good news in the cryptocurrency space. U.S. District Judge Annalisa Torres ruled that Ripple did not violate federal securities law by selling its XRP token. While the ruling is specific to the case, she did rule that a digital token is not, per se, a security. Ripple CEO Brad Garlinghouse said the ruling was, quote, a huge win for Ripple, but more importantly, for the industry overall in the U.S. Coinbase said that it was relisting XRP in its exchange, quote, we've read Judge Torres's thoughtful decision, we've carefully reviewed our analysis, it's time to relist. The judge ruled that sales of XRP on exchanges were not offers of securities because there was no reasonable expectation of profit tied to the efforts of others. This meant that it couldn't be an investment contract and therefore didn't pass the Howey test. But it wasn't a complete win. She did rule specifically that the sales to banks and hedge funds constituted securities because their marketing promised a speculative value proposition that depended on Ripple's efforts to develop the blockchain. Whether or not they're actually guilty of it and what their penalty would be will be up to a jury. She ruled, Whereas the institutional buyers reasonably expected that Ripple would use the capital it received from its sales to improve the XRP ecosystem and thereby increase the price of XRP, programmatic buyers could not reasonably expect the same. 
Indeed, Ripple's programmatic sales were blind bid-ask transactions, and programmatic buyers could not have known if their payments of money went to Ripple or any other seller of XRP. Since 2017, Ripple's programmatic sales represented less than 1% of the global XRP trading volume. Therefore, the vast majority of individuals who purchased XRP from digital asset exchanges did not invest their money in Ripple at all. An institutional buyer knowingly purchased XRP directly from Ripple pursuant to a contract, but the economic reality is that a programmatic buyer stood in the same shoes as a secondary market purchaser who did not know to whom or what it was paying its money. That makes sense. How can it be an investment contract if there's anonymity? If neither the buyer nor the seller know who each other are, how can you hold them to a contract? Quote, of course, some programmatic buyers may have purchased XRP with the expectation of profits to be derived from Ripple's efforts. However, the inquiry is an objective one, focusing on the promises and offers made to investors. It is not a search for the precise motivation of each individual participant. Here, the record establishes that with respect to programmatic sales, Ripple did not make any promises or offers because Ripple did not know who was buying the XRP and the purchasers did not know who was selling it. In fact, many programmatic buyers were entirely unaware of Ripple's existence. That is huge news for many cryptos that don't work with institutional investors themselves and just develop the blockchain and related apps. In fact, the big vulnerability of Ripple is that it's a company, Ripple Labs Incorporated. And that company can engage in activities with investors that might make them vulnerable to SEC action. But many, if not most, cryptos aren't like that. It would also seem to put exchanges in the clear, since they deal with blind bid-ask transactions that the judge ruled do not comprise investment contracts. So if other judges apply this same reasoning, then it should quickly become clear that crypto itself is not a security and the SEC needs to keep their filthy, disgusting mitts off of it. If you're on the Wi-Fi in a coffee shop or hotel, anyone on that network can get your traffic. Do you really trust all of those strangers? For that matter, do you really trust your ISP? A VPN can protect you from prying eyes, disguise your location, and even foil government censors. It's essential in this day and age, so go to vpn.pagosity.tv and you'll be taken to BoxPN. Starting at just $2.99 a month, you can get unlimited high-speed connections to VPN servers all over the world, and they don't log connections, so your privacy is assured. Traveling abroad, just VPN home, and don't worry about what those other governments are doing. Back at home, stop your ISP from traffic shaping and messing with the quality internet access you're paying good money for. You can connect from multiple machines at once, including your smartphone or tablet, and it supports all the secure standards, including OpenVPN and SSTP. Bypass sensors and surveillance with your own secure VPN connection. Go to vpn.pagosity.tv. More good news, we've talked about all the problems with cash bail before. Now, Illinois will become the first state to end cash bail on September 18 after the Supreme Court upheld the act ending it. The Pretrial Fairness Act was set to go into effect on January 1, which amended state law thusly, quote, 
Whenever there is a reference in any act to bail, bail bond, or conditions of bail, these terms shall be construed as pretrial release or conditions of pretrial release. Instead, the court will consider factors necessary to ensure compliance with court appearance date and other conditions. Keep in mind, everyone is innocent until proven guilty, so pretrial detention necessarily means imprisoning an innocent person. But making pretrial release contingent on a cash payment is massively unfair to the poor, since pretty much any payment would result in their pretrial confinement. Especially since there are tons of other ways to enforce compliance nowadays. Also remember that, over the thousand-year history of bail, the only purpose of it was to make sure the accused would show up for trial. And most people aren't going to choose a life on the lam rather than a court trial for jaywalking. Almost all suspects were released on their own recognizance, and that was maintained up to and including the Bail Reform Act of 1966. That changed with Strom Thurmond and Joe Biden's Bail Reform Act of 1984, which added dubious criteria of public safety, which was a combination of pre-crime and guilty until proven innocent. And it basically made cash bail the default, with personal recognizance being the exception rather than the norm. And those exceptions were the fine, upstanding citizens with ties to the community. In other words, rich people. Anyway, after Illinois passed the act, over 60 sheriffs and state attorneys hit the ceiling over it and sued to stop it, making one bogus claim after another that did not impress the Illinois Supreme Court. There were three main arguments. The first is that bail doesn't require money. There are all sorts of ways to ensure both appearance and public safety without ordering them to pay money, such as house arrest or electronic monitoring. The principles of justice insist that you choose the way least intrusive of the defendant's rights. The second is that this isn't a violation of victims' rights, which seems to be the term applied whenever someone's trying to cover up the fact that they're violating basic principles of justice. Under the law, judges still have to consider safety risks and give victims notice of bail proceedings. In fact, contrary to the claims of cash bail proponents, the result has been a significant increase in pretrial detention and increases recidivism. In no sense has it ever been shown to make communities safer. And also, they rejected the notion that this isn't a legislative function. In fact, the legislature has pretty much always regulated the bail system. It was a legislative act that started cash bail to begin with. The bill had been struck down by a lower court but appealed to the Supreme Court by Illinois Attorney General Kwame Raoul, who said, quote, Someone's experience with the criminal justice system should not vary based on their income level. The Safety Act was intended to address pervasive inequalities in the criminal justice system. In particular, the fact that individuals who are awaiting criminal trials, who have not been convicted of a crime and are presumed innocent, may spend extended periods of time incarcerated because they cannot afford to pay cash bail. The Pretrial Fairness Act is just one part of the Safety Act, most of which has already taken effect, including requiring body-worn cameras on police by 2025, expanding services for crime victims, and changing redistricting maps to account for how people are incarcerated. Opponents histrionically called it a purge law 
acting as if Illinois would become a lawless Mad Max environment. Which, let's be honest, Chicago kind of is already. But here's predicting that the dire fear-mongering will not play out and hoping that other states follow suit. Do you have children, or nieces or nephews? Are you homeschooling, or just want to counter some of the socialist indoctrination most children get in school? If so, go to bogosity.tv slash Tuttletwins, and you'll be taken to a website where you can get some great books for elementary-aged children. The Tuttle Twins books are books about liberty and free market economics that include children's versions of Bastiat's The Law, Leonard Reed's I, Pencil, and Hayek's The Road to Serfdom, as well as books about the Federal Reserve and how regulations protect business cronies. They'll learn about the harm caused by eminent domain, or regulations passed in the name of safety and fundamental concepts of liberty. And as you can see from the sample pages on the website, they're all easy to read and nicely illustrated. They're just $9.99 a piece, or get a special discount as well as free bonuses when you purchase all five. You can even buy in bulk to donate to schools and local libraries. So get the Tuttle Twins books at bogosity.tv slash Tuttle Twins. And now it's time to signalize this week's biggest bogan emitter. And this week it goes to The Guardian for their hit piece on crypto and the library video app following the court ruling that destroyed library as a company. As is so often the case, the fail starts right in the headline. Extremist friendly tech company closes after fine for securities fraud. If by extremist you mean channels like Khan Academy, 3Blue1Brown, The Blender Foundation, Logic, Minute Physics, Real Engineering, Veritasium, The Prague Film Orchestra, and many others. And even worse, Library was never even accused of fraud. They claimed that the news caused the LBC token to sink to around one three thousandth of a cent, when at the specified time it was about one cent. So yeah, off by a factor of three thousand. Here's the point of view they're coming from, quote, In the wake of COVID-19, the November 2020 election, and the January 6th attack on the U.S. Capitol, however, Library's management promoted the site in public and in private as a refuge for creators banned from mainstream sites over the promotion of conspiracy theories about coronavirus or stolen elections. Oh, you mean like my video on ivermectin, in which I read out a peer-reviewed medical journal article? It's full of loaded language like extremist-friendly video platform, failure to legally defend, sketchy crypto, strong appeal for extremists, and so on. They provide a ton of negative information about it, and hardly any positive information. And they do the same with its founder, Jeremy Kaufman, such as, quote, Kaufman is now a member of the Libertarian Party's far-right Mises Caucus. Because anyone who doesn't agree with their far-left woke socialism is far-right. They claimed, quote, The Guardian contacted Library for comment, but received no immediate response. According to Kaufman, that's just a lie. They never contacted him. Instead, they were sure to talk to the histrionic cranks at the Southern Poverty Law Center, who opined for four paragraphs about extremist content, but never got around to actually saying anything about library. Talked about Twitter a lot, though. 
They even slung mud at the Free State Project, quote, which seeks to encourage libertarians to move to New Hampshire in order to remodel the state's government. The FSP responded on Twitter, quote, Thanks for mentioning us. Now New Hampshire is full of the types of extremists you mention in this article. People who trust the Guardian would absolutely hate it here. And the Mises Caucus tweeted, Thanks for the shout-out. It's a badge of honor to be held up as a far-right boogeyman by a regime mouthpiece hack outfit like the Guardian. Kaufman himself tweeted, This article is a good example of why trust in the media is being replaced by despise. Unnamed experts laundering claims into facts, making everything about their pet hate cause and trivial factual errors. So all of that makes The Guardian this week's biggest bogeymetter. I want to tell you about the eyeglasses I've been wearing for years. As people can see on my videos, I have a very strong prescription, which makes glasses more expensive, especially when I need computer glasses, reading glasses, prescription sunglasses, and most expensively, progressive lenses for general everyday wear. To save money while still getting quality glasses, I get them from Fermu. In fact, I just got a pair of progressives with high-index aspherical lenses and a nice pair of frames my wife loves for just over $100. It would have been $500 to get them through my eye doctor. Not only do they look good, the glasses are durable. I've worn many pairs for several years without problems. All orders come with a 30-day return policy, a 3-month warranty, and one-on-one -on -one customer service. Go to Firmu, that's F-I-R-M-O-O dot Bogosity dot TV, anytime you need quality glasses at a low price. Once again, that's Firmu dot Bogosity dot TV. And now let's abalienate this week's... Idiot And it's another one for CNN, and this one is just surreal. Special Counsel Jack Smith is investigating Donald Trump's supposed mishandling of classified documents, and CNN seems to be covering little else. In fact, they're reaching. This past Tuesday, CNN News Central made a big deal about Jack Smith buying a sandwich at Subway. CNN cameras got exclusive footage of him leaving the Subway and he declined to comment. You know what? I'm going to have to risk the copyright strike. You just have to hear this for yourself. Jack Smith going to Subway today is a message to Donald Trump. Mm -hmm. Donald Trump tries to intimidate people. He tries to bully people. He tries to scare you away. That was Jack Smith with no words and a simple $5 sub in his hand saying, I'm here, I'm not going anywhere. Yeah, the imagery was, uh, uh, was intentional yeah. and spoke volumes. Does it sound to anyone else like they've run out of arguments? Pretending that joke of an indictment is anything other than, well, a joke must be stressful for them. Just what message is he sending? That he eats? That he's a biological organism? That he's capable of converting food into energy? How would the message have been any different if he'd gone to Taco Bell? Subway doesn't even have $5 footlongs anymore. Shows how much these people get out. Maybe they're wrong about this. Maybe Trump can twist the imagery. He did call Smith a crackhead. Maybe he'll say Smith obviously had the munchies. So all of that makes CNN this week's... Idiot, 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 idiot. 
Well, that wraps up this Really? You think they're human beings? Did you ever eat with one? Edition of the Bogosity Podcast. I hope you enjoyed it. If you did, please go to donate.bogosity.tv for several ways to support and discord.bogosity.tv to join the discussion. Subscribe at Patreon or Subscribestar and you can listen early and ad-free. Thank you for listening. Next week is the fifth weekend and that means no podcast. We'll be back in two weeks. Until then, here's a quote from PJ O'Rourke. Many reporters, when they go to work in the nation's capital, begin thinking of themselves as participants in the political process instead of glorified stenographers. The Bogosity Podcast is licensed under Creative Commons Attribution Non-Commercial No Derivatives 4.0 International License.